friends. My name is Nat. Welcome to Nat and Rose's Corner. I thought I would begin by asking, how are you? Um, and then introducing myself. So my name is Nat and I am a human. I am a writer, storyteller, artist, dog mom, friend, um, sister, also partner quite recently. And today, I wanted to talk to you about body acceptance. But because it's the first episode, I thought I would start with some housekeeping. So the way that I've conceptualized this podcast is as a safe space where we can share our experiences, where we can discuss our thoughts, where we can learn and unlearn things without judgment. When I conceptualized this podcast, it was... Um, the people that I had in mind are the 30, 50 or so people that I mutually and actively engage over my Instagram stories, whether it's through polls or questions or even sliding into each other's DMs. This space is curated for us. But anyone that has stumbled into this space outside of that, hi, welcome, you are so welcome to join us. Um, And I would love to be friends with you so long as you are a nice and not bigoted person. Yay! The second thing I wanted to say is please don't put anything that I say on a pedestal or treat this like a little life bible because I am but one person with one perspective and I am still very much stumbling about the world like you are. So please listen with compassion but also Please listen critically, and if there's something that you are interested in, do more research always. Moving on to our topic for today, which is body acceptance. Um, I don't think this term is very commonly used yet in mainstream media, and particularly when we talk about beauty standards, when we talk about um, race, when we talk about our weight diet culture, etc. So let's start with introducing what it is. So in the spectrum of how we feel about ourselves, the extreme end is self-hatred, right? Which is, you know, we've all been there. (laughs) Some of us still are there, and that's absolutely okay. And then the other side of the spectrum is self-love, which is you know, it's described as this like shiny thing, um, unattainable thing to to be frank and it's where you're like i guess confident um at all times and you have very cool skincare routine and um you have great style and you're just going about the world feeling very confident about yourself so that's kind of like the general illusion that we've seen right but most of the time it doesn't extend beyond beyond the the surface so body acceptance is somewhere in between it's looking at your body and then being like okay that's cool you know it's it's accepting what it is at that stage that doesn't mean that you think it's perfect that doesn't mean that you don't think that you can work on it in in some ways oh watch my language work on it um i wanted to come back to that later but yeah, so body acceptance is, is somewhere in between. And I think this is a space that we need to occupy more often. And 
instead of um, this massive movement towards self-love and towards body positivity, meaning like you have to feel fucking beautiful and perfect and this and that in your own skin, um, I think we need to instead focus on body acceptance as the primary milestone because for a lot of people, the swing from self-hatred to self-love is just too far and you can't get to self-love without sitting in the middle for a long time and and being okay with that first before continuing your journey towards self-love. So how did I get to body acceptance? You will find that there is this like Venn diagram of people who hate how they look, who hate who they are, and the third circle is people who talk shit about other people. And it can be about what other people do or what other people look like. And the Venn diagram overlaps so intensely. And when I was, I think, in university, I was probably in my second year of university. So that's like 2016, 2017, somewhere around that time. I started to realize that I was putting myself down a lot. I was so self-deprecating. I was so hard on myself. And it coincided with how much I shit-talked other people as well. Because because you're feeling so miserable in, in your own body that you feel envious, especially of people who don't seem that way, of people who like glide about the world and they're this like untouchable, beautiful, confident person. And you're just like, God damn it, I want to be that so badly, but I don't know how. So the only thing I can do is just like drag them down with me. And I was like, okay, you know what? This is not okay. I don't want to be um, this person. I want to change this about myself and I want to actively work towards it. So because I'm a visual person, the first thing I could think of was really random. I started initiating a tally where I would bring a pen everywhere. Anytime I said something bad about myself, whether it's my physicality or who I am, and or I made like jokes about myself, um, I would put like a w- number one tally on my right hand. And every time I said something bad about someone else, or I even thought something bad about, bad about someone else, like, ugh, what is that girl wearing? She's like such a slut, you know, that kind of thinking. I would put a tally on my left hand. And on the first day, I remember this so vividly, I ended up with like a 30 or so tally on both hands. So that means in the course of like 16 hours, what spouted in my brain and what came out of my mouth was just hatred for myself, for other people. I was really like, shook you know as as one would be after that kind of realization and then because i hadn't learned how to be compassionate with myself it obviously came with a lot of judgment so not only did i say all these bad things and think all these bad things i added an extra layer of feeling bad for thinking those things and for feeling those things but because um there's some sort of like meany consequence you know before i say or think something bad I would have to write it on my hand and walk around with like 
blue marks all over my hand, I started to think twice before the words came out of my mouth. And soon the, the tally started getting less and less. It started going down to 20, it started going down to 14, started going down to 8, 6, 5. And then it, it stayed at around like 3, 2, 3, 2, 3, 2. And this was over the course of like two months. So it didn't happen um, in, in the blink of an eye. But eventually, because I became more cognizant of that, I had the intention and I had the power to stop it. And that that essentially is that stage of body acceptance, right? I didn't swing from like, I hate myself to like, everyone is fucking beautiful. So I would honestly implore you to try this actually, especially if you know that this is something you want to be more conscious of. Um, it's, it's just an invitation, so you don't have to if you don't want to, but it worked for me. So maybe visualizing this can work for you. Now I want to break down how did it come to that? How did it come to this stage where I was loathing myself so so much so that I said like 30 mean things about myself daily. So when we break it down, there are a couple of different things, right? The biggest one being the beauty industry. This is stretching on from makeup to clothes to the media to magazines. Um, which perpetuates this super idealized beauty standard, right? And it's generally um, white, it's generally thin, like a size 2, size 4, ideally. And then you have to be tall, you have to be, you know, graceful, you have to have big boobs, you have to have a, a big butt. Those, those ideas are circulated so heavily around us from when we were so little that... We, even when we're not conscious of it, especially when we're not conscious of it, we start to internalize it and we start to believe it. Because that's, that's all we see. We associate the word beauty with this image. So we start to thrive for um, that image. And like, what can we fix about ourselves to become more like this idea of beauty, right? It's a very Eurocentric um, one only one size fits all. Then the second dimension is, I'm sorry to say, like your family and your community and your culture and your social circle. So in different cultures, there are, there's a whole other idea of what beauty looks like. Because I grew up in Indonesia, I grew up um, as a Chinese Indonesian, one of the things they prided the most was being white. So being like light skinned. Um, another thing was to have like wider eyes um, or eyes with creases or have body that has like no normal hair or no visible normal hair. And, you know, as a kid, you're just pummeled with all these things without fully understanding their the complexity of this claim. And what i want to what i want to point out as well is aside from the remarks that we get you know from our relatives from our friends maybe who make these passing um air quotes harmless um 
comments like, oh, you know, you've gotten so chubby or touching your cheeks or commenting on the size of your arm or commenting on, on the lightness of your skin, which I hear a lot in the context of my community of being like, oh, you've gotten tanner, you've gotten whiter. It's that for, for one thing. But another thing is also from the way that we hear other people describe themselves because this is an, an this is an endemic uh systemic thing right so it's not just us who feels this way everyone feels this way to some extent meaning when i was surrounded by other women particularly women who were older than me i can only think of very few figures who um didn't bring themselves down and the rest of them would always be like, oh, I need to lose X weight. Oh, I hate my arm. Oh, I hate my thighs. And this is coming from older women who I'm supposed to look up to. And so I learned the language of self-hatred along with, I think, a lot of people. And and this is not a, this is not a lonely um, journey, which I think also needs to be said. Like you're not isolated if, if you think this way because a lot of people think this way. So... That, that's like the root cause, you know, all of that just turns into this messy spiral and because we don't have the tools to filter what, what sort of judgments is correct, we just internalize all of them and we're like, yes, 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 that's true, yes, 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 I'm ugly, yes, 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 I need to change this, that, this, that, this, that. And now we have come at a strange age where the beauty industry realizes that this is not working anymore, that they can no longer capitalize on our insecurities because of um, the original body positivity movement of being like, you are worth it, you don't need to use makeup to feel beautiful, this, that, this, that. So now they've changed tactics to move on to self-love. In order to show that you love yourself, you need to buy this skincare product because it's not makeup. It's skincare. <laughs> it's nu- It's nutrients for your skin. Um, in order to show that you love yourself, you have to buy these bath bombs. You have to buy these face masks. You have to buy this and that. So it's the same thing, but it's packaged in a different way. And it's still rooted, I think, in shame. And it's rooted in um, encouraging people to take shortcuts and to say, If you have this product, you are beautiful. You need this product to be the epitome of beauty. And that's essentially the whole beauty industry. And no matter how they disguise it, um, that's, that's the messaging that we hear. And we can see it even in the lingo that they use. You know, concealer, like you have to hide these pimples. Contour kit, you have to show off your angles to show that you are thin. We need to be um, cognizant of the way that different industries try to inject these ideas into us and we need to be conscious enough to be able to reject it or to be able to at least be critical of how we use it. Even though I'm, I'm not a huge user of makeup, I do still use it and I do enjoy using it. I think it's a wonderful mode of self-expression. I think it can be used for a lot of wonderful things. Like one of the... Th- Things that I love about um, 
the new like makeup wave nowadays is seeing men wear makeup and using that as a way to dismantle um, toxic masculinity and to challenge our idea of beauty and who gets to wear these products. Like, so everything is complex. I'm not saying like the beauty industry is like awful, but I think we just need to be more critical about the drive that propels their sales. So feel free to sit with that thought because it's a lot. Um, feel free to grab a little cup of tea. I have a cup of coffee with me. And for the second part, I wanted to talk about how. When I listen to podcasts and the person is like, so instead of like self-love, you now need to be body accepting. But then in my brain, I'm just like, how? You know, you have to tell us how to do it because I don't know how how to do it by myself. And frankly, sometimes I'm too lazy to, to learn how to do things by myself. So now I want to move on to offering some stuff that has helped me on my journey um, with the hope and the intention that maybe it might help you as well. The first thing that I started with, like this is way back in the beginning, right? Way back when we were doing the tally thing is I stopped weighing myself. So at that stage, I very much associated my my health and my worth with my weight. So if I gained like two kilograms, three kilograms, I would be like, you are a fucking pig. You are so ugly, this, that, this, that. So I stopped weighing myself. I threw away my weighing scale. It was such a small change, but it was so liberating. Like at first it bugged the hell out of me that I didn't know because now I'm forced to sit with the discomfort of like, okay, now what? Like if I don't know how much I weigh, how can how can I know whether or not I'm healthy? And <laughs> it sounds really dumb, but um, well, you know whether or not you're healthy by feeling it (laughs) but I was so used to not attending to that feeling and to be caught up on on this numbers game um so that was the first one and then the second one is something that I'm still working on as as well now is to ask better questions about our body so when we look at ourselves in the mirror most of the time we will resort to judgment mode we'll be like oh my god that that little belly hanging off of my underwear fucking hate that and like oh my god where did my thigh gap go i used to have a thigh gap that could you know radiate my potential as ali wong says and then now it's gone like what the fuck and then we spiral and spiral and spiral so now when i look at myself the first thing i ask is how do i feel how do i feel right now and i try to use words that aren't attached to what I look like. I will say things like, I feel strong. I feel full because I I just ate. I feel restful. Like if I've had a good sleep, then I'll, I'll be like, I feel restful. But then other times when I ask, how do I feel? The answer is, I feel lethargic. And when you're feeling negative, that's when it's so um, the temptation is so strong to be like, I feel ugly, you know, but ugly is not a feeling. So we need to challenge that. And then I will usually say things like, I feel lethargic. I feel unmotivated. I feel lonely, you know, and, and all these little check-ins are, are a good thing. It's okay. Even though, um, the feeling is not necessarily positive. I think as a society, we have placed too much importance of on 
being positive um, in general. And this is something that I have recently learned as well from Ai Wei, which is a podcast that I love, hosted by Jamila Jamil, who plays Tahani in The Good Place, who is a wonderful activist. And it was the episode with Dr. Deepika Chopra. So, um, yeah, that's a little off-tangent. But after I ask these questions, the next question that I ask is, what do I need? So, when I feel strong, da-da-da-da-da, what do I need? Sometimes I think, okay, I need water because then I realize that I'm thirsty. And then other times when I'm feeling a bit lethargic and slow, uh, I'll need movement. You know, I need to take a walk. I need to um, do a 20-minute yoga. Or sometimes when I'm feeling extremely tired or sore, then what I need is rest. Like, I, I don't think I've ever read anywhere in terms of advice regarding health and wellness that you have you that you need to exercise like three hours a day you don't need to do that like you've chosen to do that but what you need essentially is like 30 minutes of decent like moderate to high level of exercise five days a week like that's that's basically all you air quotes need you need to stretch that's what you need you need water you need fruits you need vegetables like you don't you don't need that detox fit tea that's gonna make you shit in your bathroom like we need to to reconceptualize that the only key is consistency like every time you look in the mirror you need to immediately think how do i feel what do i need how do i feel what do i need instead of going there um and and when you have those moments where you're like bothered by how you look or there's something that you want to change like it's okay to accept that that there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that if anything it's so natural to feel that way so i'm not saying like you can't ever have a single bad thought about yourself any anymore but it's okay to have bad thoughts it's more so about how you deal with that if you're like bothered by the size of your thighs do you then force yourself to work out for three hours or do you feel like your thighs are big and then you move on with your life so that's like the difference between body acceptance and self-hatred after that in order to sort of like ground this experience i have a little list um that i started i think a few years ago and in it i write when do i feel most present with my body So what I've written here that I have in front of me is I feel present in my body when I'm learning a new dance choreography. When I'm doing yoga, when I'm having sex with myself, oh yeah, or with my partner, when I'm running, even though (laughs) I hate the feeling of running, but I feel present because you're like forced to be in your body. Um, I also have a little section for confidence so when do i feel most confident um and all of the above also applies but i also feel confident when i'm speaking so right now when i'm public speaking even when it's not in front of a crowd but particularly if it's in front of a crowd that's when i feel most confident um i feel confident when i have styled myself really well i'm very proud of my general aesthetic uh, because it took a long time for me to curate and be comfortable with it so yeah I think having this list just helps you ground yourself in activities where you actually feel 
like you're moving with with your body and not like working on it because that's it's a small distinction but it means everything those are the things that have worked for me but the deepest work that i think um we need to do as a society is basically challenging outdated perspectives that no that are no longer um true for us or perspectives that we don't want to be true anymore so one of the things that i struggled hi rosa sorry rosa's just trying to get into her blanket one of the perspectives that i was uh working on to mentally shift last year like all through 2020 was trying to neutralize the word fat because no matter how air quotes like body positive i claim to be deep down i still internalize that fat equals to bad that fat equals to ugly fat equals to unhealthy even though i would never say that about anyone else i said that to myself and about myself um so in terms of challenging that kind of perspective i'm going to use this as an example so the questions that i asked which we've covered on the podcast is how did i internalize this like how did i come to internalize this thought process of fat equals too bad and why why am i still like clinging on to this why do i think that this is true on a fundamental level and just like sitting with myself thinking this through like over and over when when i'm in the shower when i consciously like call myself fat and not in a neutral way you know like negative punishing way then i'll think why you know like why does this bother you so much why um why 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 <laughs> why is is my favorite question and then i will try to challenge that thought process because i would think like well do i think that someone who is fat who's not me is ugly do i think that they're not worth um happiness do i think that they're unhealthy uh, most of the time i'll be like no but that doesn't mean that i want to be fat and then it comes back to like why and then you just keep like drilling 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 um and most of the time these kind of assumptions are hollow it's like you can't really answer the why because the why is not justifiable and it has no grounds for it usually it'll come down to something um something like as basic as because my mom called me fat you know that's like an example my mom called me fat my whole fucking life so i don't want to be that you know because she 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 um she made me in, internalize this and once you get to like that very core you'll be like oh my god that's why i think this way oh and from then on you can start to work to um change that core Uh, belief and start to make space for new thoughts so when i struggle with trying to change my perspective about something i always look to leaders and thinkers that are much smarter than me that are much more eloquent than me and that are much more knowledgeable than me so in terms of body acceptance we've talked about jamila jamil um briefly i think she is a wonderful like proponent in terms of this movement she was the one who came up with the idea of body uh, body neutral or body acceptance and then people like Demi Lovato there is this athlete that I follow as well her name's Chi I believe her Instagram handle is fit underscore p-h-a-m another 
like super notable one is Stephanie Yebwa, who is a black fat woman who's an activist and she has a book um, about all of this, which is on the way, and I just I just needed to come right now. And then there's Mary Jilkowski, who because she's a white woman, sometimes the things that she says aren't conscious of racial things, but in terms of body positivity, I think she still has a lot um, a lot of like wonderful things to offer. And then in terms of writers, I really look up to Jenna Guillaume. G-U-I-L-L-A-U-M-E. I hope I haven't butchered her name because she's so wonderful. She was one of the first people who wrote about um, lockdown weight uh, in Australia in in the news. And I was like, yes, someone, please, thank you for saying this. Um, so yeah, conscious exposure is one of the fastest ways for you to change your mindset because your brain is confronted with new information and it's just like, hmm, this is interesting. Hmm, I didn't think that. And it's like a rapid way for you to learn. Yeah, that's that's very much it. I thought I would um, end with a little story. <laughs> when I was working with a volunteer group called Girls Guide. It was with young girls who were aged 9 to 12. And there was one week where the agenda was about body positivity. And I wanted to bring this up because it's it's still really memorable to me. We started with talking about beauty standards. So what do you, what do you think beauty means? And then we gave them all a little post-it and they can write adjectives or words that they think describe beauty or is associated with beauty and then we stuck it up on the wall. And what I noticed is that the words that they wrote were words that they lack. So the kid who's short will write tall and the kid who's tall will write white. And then the kid who's white will write blue eyes. And then the kid with blue eyes will write blonde. You know, it, it's, it's, beauty is unattainable. Like, that's, that's essentially what it says. But, you know, I, I didn't verbalize that to them. But um, when we looked at the board, it was very much uniform with the idea that I was talking about in the beginning. I remember saying to them, so the year before that, I was doing modeling stuff. And when you look at this board and you look at me, you know, I don't fulfill a lot of these things. I don't have blue eyes. I am not blonde. I'm not particularly tall. I'm not particularly skinny. But um, but I still, I, I still modeled anyway for that year. So what do you guys think about that? And then they all kind of sat <laughs> with, with that thought. And then one of them said, well, that's not fair. That's 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 because you're the exception it's because you're pretty and then i said okay so that means on this board someone is beautiful but you and i'm not this board but you still called me pretty and then they all sort of sat there like hmm <laughs> like this is this is a lot to compute for for my um incredibly bright 12 year old brain and I think that's that's the conversation that we need to have with ourselves. You know, if we can so very easily call someone else beautiful, even if they don't fulfill all these beauty standards, then what is the reasoning and what is the excuse 
um, for us not to regard ourselves the same way. That's that's very much it for me. Thank you for listening from me and Rosa. We hope you have a gentle day and looking forward to hearing from you guys. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye.